Sports on ESPN 700. We'll have two hours of advanced analysis, the X's and O's, headlines around the NBA, and breakdown of your Utah Jazz. Here are your hosts, Zach Harper and Andy Larson, on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, welcome everyone back into the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700. We're happy to be back after nearly a month of baseball here on Thursday, here on ESPN 700 on Thursdays. We get that live sports preempts us sometimes, but nevertheless... I think it should had... be simulcast. <laughs> you think we should talk? Should we do the play-by-play for the, for the baseball game? No. Is that what you're saying? No. We'd be so bad at that. I agree. But I think we should just have... I think it'd be a cool like science experiment to have us played at the exact same time. Like, just on top of each so other. So we're talking over them, they're talking over us. Nothing's happening during baseball it games. Cause, anyway. You know what? That big strikeout, that, that big home run... They're going to have to really sell it to get it over <laughs> our voices. I like that idea. Anyway, um, Andy Larson, I'm the, I'm the ESPN, uh, what am I? I'm the managing editor for Salt City Hoops, <laughs> Some kind of writer. The ESPN Troop affiliate for the Utah Jazz, beat writer for the Utah Jazz for KSL.com. Uh, and then we've got Zach Harper, also CBSSports.com, national NBA writer, and at Talk Hoops on Twitter. That's the one. Uh, I'm at Andy B. Larson. We, uh, this is, I mean, I feel like we just haven't interacted with you guys for so long that yeah. I, I forgot how to do the show. As uh, That's fair. It's been a month. I it, forgot you my know. entire identity. Yeah, if you sprain an ankle, you can't play basketball for a month. You right. know, the dribbling's going to be a little bit tougher as you get back out there, the rhythm of the game and everything, you know. Exactly. We may start, we may start talking about hockey at some point. Uh, I will, are we? I don't, I don't know. I mean, we may screw up and talk <laughs> about hockey. Who knows? Anything is possible. I don't know anything about hockey. Uh, neither do I. I certainly hope we don't talk about the hockey. last. In fact, there is such there's enough good NBA action to talk about from the last couple of nights and tonight as well. Yeah. that we should probably talk about that. A lot happened last night for a uh, for an opening night that had just like a number of incredible performances yeah. and, and crazy performances too. That's what I really want to talk about in this first segment. And of course, we'll get to all of your questions. On Twitter, when I say all of your questions, I mean one person has sent us a question so far. But if you send us questions, there's, we're, we're going to answer them. There's a, well, there's a good chance we will. Probably, yeah. That's I'm, a good don't point. guarantee it. What if it's an awful question? <laughs> there's no such thing. I thought. Right. No. It's, oh my. Oh no. That is a, a misnomer. That's, a teacherism. that's an awful thing that people say. There are a lot there of are bad questions. Plenty of bad and stupid questions. Okay. The, I, and the whole like, oh, there's no dumb questions. Just you know, dumb people ask them. No, they're dumb people ask them. They're <laughs> dumb questions. Get them and ask them a lot. Okay. Yeah. Well, the, we will judge Guilty. your questions if you send them to us. <laughs> we will. At Andy B. Larson. On air. Talk hoops. <laughs> we'll just judge them like crazy. I do want to talk to you about all these crazy performances from last night and, and Tuesday as well. Uh, and kind of which ones are real and which ones aren't. And I figure we might as well start the show with our in or out segment. Uh, yeah. And figure out whether or not we're in on these being real things or out on them being an illusion of small Ooh. sample sizes and just first game weirdnesses. So yeah. can we play the in or out sounder, John? No, because John's not there. <laughs> <All right. laughs> oh, John's changing the channel, the the channel to oh, us yeah. for us, so we, we don't have to watch this pit football game. So we appreciate right John's as much as there. I love Virginia Tech football. Yeah, you know I'm out. I don't <laughs> love on. I don't love Pittsburgh. We'll play football. the inner out sounder soon enough <laughs> at some point. Uh, but let's talk about Anthony Davis first of all. Woo. The man scored 50 points. Yeah, had 14 rebounds. 15 rebounds. 15 rebounds. Yeah. Sorry, seven steals, yeah. four blocks. Uh, five eight, assists. Five assists? Yeah. One block from a five by five. In his first game, 
for the Pelicans, which they then lost to the Nuggets by five. See, I joked about this a month ago where I don't know if it was on here or maybe it was on a podcast, but where I said like with the personnel the Pelicans have, it really it really looks like they're going to just focus in on defense and basically make Anthony Davis their Allen Iverson. Okay. And then and then last night he took 24 shots in the first half. Like he really went Allen Iverson. Yeah. I think it's a bad idea. You you think it's a, for them winning games cuz I mean yeah, you look at the rest of the roster. That Davis hit 17 shots, la- or I, yeah, that was last night. Yeah, uh, and the rest of their roster hit 21 shots. I mean, it, here's the problem though: is that you're gonna have you're gonna have this guy burnt out by December. That's why Maybe. this is a bad idea. Shocker, by the way, Did- Solomon Hill, the big money man, 0 for four from three. <laughs> he sucks at shooting. We should have we sh- we dedicated way too much time talking about Solomon Hill. He got, I mean, $13 million yeah, a year is, he, is impressive. That's larceny. <laughs> that's, yeah. I <laughs> should apologize. Uh, I apologize for being named Larson and having so much of my name in oh, larceny. I, I so I, badly I, want you to just get a gigantic contract and then just not do any work. <laughs> it's larceny and I'll just wear t-shirts everywhere. <laughs> but basically Steph Marbury it in right. the Knicks. So I'm out on this. You, so, I'm in on watching Anthony Davis. I'm out on this strategy. Let me ask you, like, do you think like Russell Westbrook putting up crazy stat nights every night could work? Russell Westbrook's unless like uh unless his knee tears apart, he doesn't get hurt, right? Like okay. he plays through everything. He got elbowed his face collapsed. Yeah. And he played, right? Like he like I think He had a dent in his face. That's yeah, he had a, a legitimate dent in his face. <laughs> I think he's equipped to play through I, I don't even want to call it playing through pain. I just don't think his body gets all that injured. Whereas Anthony Davis misses 20 games a year, yeah. right? Like, So I think that's the problem is that I just don't think Anthony Davis, whether he's put on 15 pounds of muscle or taken off 15 pounds of muscle or whatever it is each year, I just don't think he's equipped to to take that kind of punishment. And I mean, he needs more help, right? Like, I mean, that there's nothing he can do about that. But I just think it's a horrible strategy. I think he's going to get hurt again if he has to do this every night. So uh, what do you do if you're the Pelicans then? Someone's got to make From a I mean, strategic point of view. Put together a roster where Tim Frazier is your, okay. you know, thirty-seven a minute point guard in case of emergency. Yeah, like they had to keep Lance Stevenson because they just need someone who can make plays. You know, Etwan Moore and Langston Galloway are good, but how you know how much someone has to be able to do something for them. Right, you, they don't have any play creation. Right, really beyond you know, run Buddy Heald around a screen, and take a <laughs> jumper. Like I don't know, I don't know what they can do, but they can't do this. This isn't sustainable. Yeah, so I'm uh, out on that. Uh, I I'm want to be out on it, but on the other hand, like uh, a near five by five with yeah, fifty it was, points, it was stupid good. <laughs> it was a lot of fun to watch this morning. I didn't watch it last night. I watched it this morning. Watched all the highlights. It was a lot of fun. It is a bad idea. <laughs> okay, okay. I I'm I'm okay. I'm in on it in the sense that like <laughs> you're in on it as long as there are no repercussions, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Right, like I don't want Anthony Davis to go down, but I, I don't know that it's necessarily going to kill him. No, okay, it's, it's 100% going to kill him. So what's better then? Is it better to have like these flashes of greatness and like have 50-point efforts, or it's should be- we just be happy with solid 25-point, 12-rebound nights? Look, Anthony he should Davis do his job, and, and then it's on everyone else to do their jobs. It's on Alvin Gentry to coach it up. It's on the players to step up. It's on Solomon Hill to earn his money. It's on Omer Sheik to earn his money. Uh, you know, they're obviously in a bad position until Tyreek Evans can come back from his knee injury and until Drew Holiday can come back from being with his wife after she had a, a brain tumor removed, I right. believe. 
Um, like they're you know they're in bad times again, like they were to start last season. But you know you gotta have NBA players, right? And and you and you just have to you can't rely on Anthony Davis to do that because here's I mean this is the annoying thing is the egg avatars see his stat line and then they say oh yeah Andy, but he lost so it doesn't matter that's the thing though he lost like all of this and you still don't win the game yeah he even mentioned that today like he said like it doesn't matter I lost like we lost like that that's all he can right. think about so if you can't win putting up 50 15 7 5 4 what are you doing like why yeah. are you and it's not like look we can nerd out over the nuggets all we want that's not a very good team right so you, you should be able to beat that team if you score 50. 100%. And 15. Yeah. About, you know, yeah. The, uh, the other numbers you yeah, said. Yeah, that's well. crazy. All right. We got to move on. We spent like eight <laughs> minutes on Anthony Davis. How about Miles Turner? 30 points, 16 rebounds, two steals, and four blocks last night for the Pacers. I mean, I'm out on that becoming a regular thing. Okay. Uh, but he was great. Like He was super aggressive. He wasn't afraid to shoot. They left him open a bunch of times. Andrew Bogut was a bad matchup. For the Mavericks to have on him, whenever Dirk was on him, it was a bad matchup. Like they didn't really have anyone who could cover him, um, and they didn't cover him. I mean, he just hit open shot after open shot, and it wasn't just like, oh, he got a bunch of points early and then maintained. Like he was hitting clutch jumpers for them. Like he was fantastic. I think he's. I think he can block four shots a game. Like I think he's that good. Really? At, I think he's that good at protecting the rim. Um, but yeah, like I don't know what to expect out of him. Like sixteen and. Eight hey, I mean, this year, like that's a good that's season, great. though. Yeah, that, for I mean, a second-year big man, that's a good season, and that makes him a legitimate second banana for the Pacers, right? I mean, I, I it still should be Jeff Teague, right? I guess. I mean, I what's know. Jeff Teague average? Does he average sixteen points a game? I mean, obviously for his career. More, yeah, you know, I, I mean, think, well, last like, season. Yeah, I don't know, like fourteen to sixteen, but they were a okay. team that shared it a bunch. The the Hawks were. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he, I mean, uh, he was average. 20 or sorry 15.7 a game last 15.7 last year scored 20 last night okay uh yeah that's good that's pretty good yeah okay so yeah i mean and honestly then you start to, like you have decently balanced scoring then if right. you've got teague yeah monte i mean obviously the question right. is defense but yeah but i mean what I, like you know, you know the maverick shot 48 threes last night wow 48 uh, one off the record i think the record's 49 i mean 48 <laughs> It's a weird team because they don't have like that great of three point shooting either. Like they don't have the um, go to. I don't know, like Dirk and Harrison Barnes and Seth Curry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Wes like, Matthews. No, they they got a bunch of shooters. They've got like yeah, they've got a JJ bunch Bray of can shoot solid shooters. Yeah. Uh, they don't have you know JJ Redick. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Over, they don't know, have. Like, these high, I mean, I guess Wes Matthews is a high volume guy, but yeah, they you don't have like this isn't the Warriors, the Rockets, right? Right. Yeah. That's that's what I'm getting at. Uh, but I mean, I think that's a decent strategy that can work for them. It's worked for Rick Carlisle in the yeah. past. <laughs> what I mean, you just can't doubt Rick Carlisle. Like injuries will probably happen, and and they'll be screwed because of that. But um, but Rick Carlisle just voodoo's together whatever they need to be competitive. Yeah, I, I'm I'm in on Rick Carlisle's one hundred percent in on Rick Carlisle. I'm in on the Mavs taking forty eight threes. Yeah, uh, I'm I mean I'm in on Miles Turner having a good season. That yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah, Not going to get thirty a night, right. but you know I I think he really I think he's a great player, and I think the Jazz are a little bit disappointed he didn't slip to them yeah, at twelve. I was really wrong about him. I just didn't. Really? I just I didn't like him at uh, where was he Texas. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just didn't. I wasn't that impressed. Like, I like the skill set for the most part, but I just didn't think like he'd be this aggressive. Right. But I it's mean, like a flip or a switch flip for him. They're like, you know, Noah Vonley is a good example of a guy who like had the skill set of like supposed to be a good defender, supposed to be a good shooter. Right. Which is you know the the unicorn in today's league. Yeah, for sure. The Kristaps Porzingis right, exactly. unicorn. And 
he, uh, you know, Miles Turner actually put it together, and, and Von Lake kind of, sort of, hasn't, I guess. Yeah. And at least maybe that the biggest difference is aggressiveness. Yeah, and I think that's it. It's just knowing when, you know, when to attack. And Miles Turner last night, like almost every decision he made was a good one. I'm calling Joel Embiid a unicorn just because we didn't know until literally yesterday that he existed oh, as a human my. being. But he is. 20.7 rebounds, two blocks, and very limited minutes. Uh, I'm Wednesday. swooning something fierce. He's, I love he's him. legitimately great. He, yeah. I like he's so tall too. I, he, I know this is high <laughs> high quality analysis, for, but he's a giant. Like it's there are these guys who make other big men look small. Mm-hmm. Like it's him. It's Marc Gasol, um, Boban, Boban, right? <laughs> uh, like guys like Jonas Valanciunas. Like th- these guys who just make these other big men like make Demarcus Cousins look small, make Andre Drummond look small, and these are huge guys. Uh, but Embiid is just this bigger than life force. Like Stephen Adams is a giant, right? Yeah, and he made him look small. Yeah. the whole night. It, it, and I Adams mean, played well, but you know, like you know, Embiid's shouting, he can't guard me. <laughs> it is Which, first that's the game. Other yeah. yeah, he's just got the Who personality the to match game? it all. And he didn't shoot well. No, that's he shot the, six for sixteen. That's not good. That's like thirty-seven <laughs> percent, right? That's not good. But he, but he didn't care. They like can't he guard me on yeah, six for sixteen shooting. Can't guard like me. That. He had a three. Everyone went nuts. He had a like this this like little dream MVP shake. Chance from got, the Sixers squad. Right, he got MVP chance. They were chanting "Trust the process." Like he wants <laughs> to be called the process. Like he's embracing Sam Hinkie. Lee Jenkins did a Who's phenomenal. Not even on with the team. No, anymore. he's not even with them anymore. But it's like he really believes Sam Hinkie's career died for his for his ability to play <laughs> basketball. Like that, everything about Joel Embiid is fantastic. Yeah. Very in. Yeah, very all the way in. Uh Jonathan Simmons had twenty points for the for the Spurs in he game did. one and then Tuesday. Out. Including <laughs> okay. I'm out. Highlight real dunk? In on that. Well, I don't know. I okay, I didn't see it in real time. Um, but I saw like my timeline blow up, so I, it raised my expectations for what happened. Okay. So when I watched, I was like, Oh, that was cool. Okay. But I wasn't like, Oh my god, I can't believe I missed but this. But you're out on Jonathan Simmons being I'm like out on the idea that he's this like he's the new role player for him. I think he's gotcha. I think he's a good role player, but when Danny Green comes back, Danny Green Danny Green is so much better than him, right? Yeah. He's longer, he's a better defender, he's a better shooter. Um I think Simmons can take Kyle Anderson's minutes. Okay. I think that's a I think that's a very real thing, so maybe he's the third wing for them, but like this idea that he's now going to be next to Kawhi and this is like their future and all this stuff. Like I Yeah, I, I don't that's I don't buy happen. that either. Yeah. I don't I don't even know if I buy him as like a seventh man kind of player. Right, like future, probably right? like the ninth guy who can have a big game every two weeks, right? Yeah. And like and that's fine. That's a really good role player. And you know, we we saw him play a lot early in the season last year, and yeah. obviously, you know, maybe he's gotten better from year one and year two. But he's he's not that young. No, he's uh, not. And he's got a cool story. Yeah, for sure. He paid his own. Uh, he had to pay to try out for the the Austin Toros, uh-huh. and and that's how he ended up getting discovered and with the Spurs organization, and then worked his way up and had a big summer league and got signed last year and all this stuff. Like it's a cool story. Um, that, it was it was inspiring for everyone who tried out at that Stars tryout a couple of weeks ago. They were like, all there were like fifty year old men Simmons. who with like three hundred pounds <laughs> right. had no shot, but they knew who Jonathan Simmons was. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say everyone was good there. No, <laughs> I wasn't there, but I may have had viewing of a couple of highlights uh, or lowlights. Yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, it wasn't uh, not. I there was maybe. A half a Jonathan Simmons there. Yeah, I I was there, yeah. and indeed I can report that. Yeah, <laughs> not everyone was good there. Um, <laughs> anyway, 
Jonathan Simmons, I'm I'm pretty out on. Like I, I think he could be a good role player. I'm not like even more convinced on him than I am on like Kyle Anderson. Yeah, I think and part of my conviction on this is that immediately I started getting questions of like, is Danny Green gonna lose his starting job? No. And to me that's insane. Like Danny Green, even if he shoots as poorly as he did last year, still so much better. Right. Uh, Warriors defense giving up 129 points to the Spurs. I'm in on them being challenged defensively, at least okay. early on. I mean, I, Why do you think that is? I just think there's a lack of familiarity. And that's we see that with a lot of teams that come together. Is this, That gelling as a defensive unit takes time. It's rare that you get teams that just get thrown together and can defend right away. And, I, and because of that... Like they don't—they're not that deep inside, you know. Zaza's mm-hmm. fine. David West is fine. Verja's terrible. Yeah. I guess we can talk about Javale McGee, <laughs> but like, <laughs> you know, there's not a ton of depth there, and so they're gonna have to play small. The small or the super death lineup or whatever it is now um, got destroyed defensively. Yeah. But that's just time, right? And they also missed like that team missed a bunch of open shots, and yeah. when you miss those shots, it puts even more pressure on you to defend the next possession. They just didn't respond well, right? Like, So I think it's going to take time to gel. Uh, it was their first road loss, obviously, of the season, but yeah. last year the Warriors didn't have a road loss Home until loss. April. Or, sorry, yes, yeah. thank you. Home loss. Right. They uh, lost to the Celtics and then the Wolves? At home? At home last year, but it was like late in the season. They lost, Yeah, correct. Yeah, the, yeah. So, yeah, they didn't lose until April. Right, exactly. At home. <laughs> This year they lose in October at home yeah. in, in game one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do you think the bigger problem is Kevin Durant or Zaza Pachulia? You know, like who's, who's has the harder? Okay. Yeah, but I also think like for the most part, well, I don't know. He was really bad at the end of last season. So maybe there is a, I don't even know if it's a conditioning Zaza? issue. Yeah. Um, but whatever it is, like he was very good for the Mavericks early on. And then he just couldn't, he just couldn't play towards the end of the season. Yeah. Like he was just super ineffective. Maybe that was injuries or whatever. Um, but whatever it was, like he was bad at it. I think that he's a good positional defender, and so once he gets in the rhythm of how they defend, he'll know where to be and will be better at it. Um, part of that too is like you got to end possessions, right? Right. Spurs rebounded forty-one percent of their offensive rebounding opportunities. It's not good. That's really bad. Well, that, or that's good for the Spurs. <laughs> well, it's really good for the Spurs. Really bad for the Warriors. So you know you have to play defense, and then you have to end the possession with a with a rebound. Quick jazz ones before we go into break, yeah. uh, and then we'll talk more about the jazz. So it's not like this yeah. is wildly <laughs> special, but uh, Joe Johnson turned back the clock in. on on Tuesday, twenty nine points. Percent in. Uh, yeah, I mean it was funny because me, Tony Jones, and and Jody Genesee were talking before the game, and we're like, Joe Johnson might be washed, washed up, and then that would be a terrible thing, right? right. You know, he's thirty five years old. It wouldn't be the first time we saw a thirty five year old player. Uh, just loses talent all yeah. of a sudden, and and the way he played in preseason, shooting thirty percent from the field, uh, just generally kind of looks slow. Uh, it, you know, it wouldn't have been that surprising. Yeah. And then of course in game one, he goes up and shoots twelve of sixteen, scores twenty nine, yeah. and was was the Jazz's best player. Here's a good lesson: veterans, especially guys who've been in as long as Joe, they don't care about preseason. You they know, really don't. It's so hard because every year, like yeah. <laughs> You're so excited for basketball to right. happen in front and then of you're like, you. And wow, you're like, this guy's not any good anymore. Yeah. And then the the lights actually turn on, and they're pretty good. Yeah. So uh, I mean, I should have trusted Joe Johnson when he said, "When the popcorn starts popping, yeah. he'll start playing well." Uh, I mean, he's he's I, stupid talented. Like he just is. And people have oh, like we talked about this this summer. Like people have overreacted to his contract for years and judged him based on that instead of his actual play. And his play has slipped over the last couple of years based on what his insane, you know, kind of production and and reputation was before that. But 
that guy can flat out score. And that's basically all they need him to do. Like he has to play some defense. He has to move the ball, right? But like there there are going to be those stretches where you just like, Joe, go get us a bucket, and he gets buckets. And I think he does some nice things for the Jazz against teams playing small lineups. Yeah. Uh, like the the Blazers did last night, or I guess Tuesday. And you and saw you saw them did. hunting that out too, right? Like they they yeah. were hunting out switches to put Damian Lillard on him and just said, Joe, go punish him. Exactly. And he did it. And it worked out well. I mean, yeah. he was 97th percentile last season in post-up situations yeah, he's by, the, good. by the synergy data. Like That's something that the Jazz really can go to and get a bucket if, if teams are playing him that way. Yeah. What they, you know, in the last few minutes of the game, they didn't do that. You know, the, right. the basically the Blazers forced them to go away from Joe yeah. Johnson and, and the Jazz struggled after that. That's when, you know, you wish you would have Gordon Hayward or right. Rodney Hood has to step up or George Hill has to make that open corner three. In right, exactly. Game. Anyway, we got to take a break. On the other side, we're going to talk more about the Jazz's first game, talk about the struggles of the bench, but Rodney Hood, George Johnson, or sorry, George Hill and Joe Johnson all playing well. Boris Diaw, major struggles. We'll talk about if those are real. I mean, can it go the other way if preseason players are good and then absolutely, be bad in the yeah, <laughs> preseason teaches us nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm so stupid for falling for this every year. Anyway, more jazz talk coming up next on the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700. Tired of crap. The home of the best Utah Jazz and NBA breakdown is right here. This is Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Welcome back into the Salt City Hoops show on ESPN 700. We're coming in with Black Eyed Peas because, like, yeah. we can. It's not 2008. But there's still... We might be 2000 and late. Right. <laughs> there's still... I'm so sorry. Crazy catchy, right? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm actually pretty pro Black Eyed Peas. Yeah. I'm very pro Where's the Love. Very anti my humps. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, maybe that's an empowering thing for women. I don't... Women like my humps? I don't know. I don't. I don't think anyone. It was a big song. Like, <laughs> I mean, someone true. had to have liked it. Someone purchased it, right. I guess. <laughs> but we don't know who these people are. It was played a lot in is a there, lot of places. Is someone there had an to have overlap liked. between my humps and and sports radio listeners enjoyers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you've heard it at games, right? <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't know about my humps. Maybe that's not at a lot yeah, of games. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. That would be great Certainly if they played not it. Like, a jazz dance if they played it right. If they played it like Wimbledon, yeah. that would be great. <laughs> like that idea. Let's get it done. <laughs> I'll talk to my contacts at Wimbledon. Uh, jazz lost their first game, one thirteen, one hundred four, yes. to the Portland Trailblazers. But despite that, I thought they played actually really pretty well. Um, yeah, I thought it was their like two best players. A really good game. Yeah, uh, yeah obviously without their two best players. Uh, but you know, even despite that, I thought you know, up and nearly up and down the board, the Jazz played well in in terms of playing as a team. Uh, played better offensively than I thought. Obviously, Joe Johnson was incredible. Rodney Hood was very yeah, good too. Very good. Uh, George Hill had a good game too. He didn't shoot all that well, right? He was like seven of eighteen or something yeah. like that. But I thought he played really well. He played really well, and in fact, I think it shows with the the Jazz's offensive rating when he was in and versus when he was out. When yeah. he was in, the Jazz O rating was 120 points per hundred possessions. Right, when which he was is out, ridiculous. the Jazz's was 54. Wow, so <laughs> that's really 54 bad. points per hundred possessions yeah. is not what you want. And that's actually what I wanted to talk with you about first is is struggles of the bench with right. Derek Favors and uh, Gordon Hayward out. You know. All of a sudden, you've got a bench that's basically Shelvin Mack, Dante Exum, Joe Ingles, Trey Lyles, and Jeff Withey, and maybe that's not good enough. On the other hand, it's probably better than 54 points per 100, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that group has to really defend, which with 
you know, Trey Lyles and with Joe Ingles in there. Um, and, and Shelvin Mack was, I just thought he was so bad defensively. Yeah, I, I, I thought he was. Uh, Shelvin Mack's been really weird. And again, maybe this is preseason, so it doesn't right, matter. Yeah. But I think he's just been like super hyper puppy. Yeah. Uh, on both ends of the floor, and I think it's it's actually not that good for him. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's trying to win the third Absolutely, or, or, it's trying to, or really the backup point guard because they played him with Exum a lot. So, you know, that that's going to put Mac in more of the ball handling position. But if he's trying to win that role over Howell Neto, yeah, maybe, the, maybe he does feel pressure, or maybe it's just random. I don't know. But it, it does seem like he is trying to do too much. Yeah, it's something you see with like 15th players all the time that just get called up from the D League and yeah. whatever, and they want to show that they're an NBA right. player, so they like take every shot right. and you know try to contest everything and double team yeah. and you know be that guy, and in the end it ends up hurting you a lot more than helping you. I, I just see a lot of that from Shelvin Mack recently. If you had never seen him play for the Jazz last year, right? Like after the like, let's say he doesn't get traded, but they sign him this off season, would it, would this play by Shelvin Mack shock you? Like, because he he was okay for the Hawks, right? Not he wasn't really. he wasn't that good. I mean, he like th- he was so good for the Jazz last season that it, it kind of dumbfounded us, right? Like uh-huh. we didn't expect him to shoot as well as he did. He defend well. I guess the defense was there, but like, um, you know, we didn't really expect him to have such an incredible impact on that team, and so that really raised the stakes for I guess when he's in. You just expect what, more what out of the them expectations now, are. right? Yeah, I, but I mean, everybody can defend solidly, right? Like right. that's yeah, yeah. that's what it comes down to for me. Is like, sure, I guess the offense is there, and you know, maybe with Dante and Joe Ingles out there, maybe that means that Shelvin is kind of the guy. Yeah. Um, crazily enough, but defensively, you, I just don't think you can make the mistakes he made. Uh, I mean, also pretty tough team to defend, sure, right? Sure. Like, so Absolutely. maybe that's an unfair you know, kind of saddling him with like, oh, yeah. now you're a bad defender. You played really bad defense. Like that's, that's a very tough team to defend. Yeah, for sure. That That's, that's a very good point. Um, I think Dante Exum struggled a little bit, although it was nice to see him get an and one, yeah. uh, you know, actually go through defender and finish at the rim and then get fouled. And at, for someone who got seven free throws in the last four months of their rookie right. season, <laughs> like to get a couple uh, in, in his first game is, is a good sign. I you know I would have liked to see him be more impactful though yeah. on on both ends of the and those injuries like you know you have to have the next man up and all that stuff like that puts a real pressure on on Lyles and Exum to kind of be the guys in that yeah. second unit right and and I I mean those are really young guys really inexperienced guys I don't know how fair that is he was minus eighteen in eight minutes that's not good right I mean it's it's yeah. not fair either right. but it's not yeah it's a small good. sample it's eight minutes like. Anything can happen in eight minutes on the court, right? Right. Especially against a team with that kind of firepower. That's very true. Uh, Trey Lyles struggled a little bit. I thought he just made the wrong shoot pass decision. A lot of the yeah, uh, that's shoot fair. drive decision, shoot yeah. pass drive, I guess. Um, where if he got the ball and he was open, he should have shot it and didn't, and vice versa on yeah. some other times. Uh, I think sometimes he does decide that before he gets the ball. Which Probably. Yeah. It's you know actually a lot of players say you know. Dante Exum actually told me that he found more success deciding what he was going to do with the ball than trying to figure it out and end up being slow in making his decision afterwards. Yeah. But I think that's also something that he'll get with experience and time is to be able to make that decision later and the game will, quote-unquote, slow down for him, right? Right, for sure. So, anyway. I, I'm, you know, it's, it's not all that worrying, and especially with Derek Favors, maybe even coming back tomorrow, I think that's actually pretty likely that he does play yeah. tomorrow. A lot of these problems go away. Also, I kind of have this thing. Like, I think the Utah Jazz, especially when fully healthy, are a much better team 
than the Portland Trailblazers. Hmm. I also think the Portland Trailblazers are a horrible matchup for that team. Yeah. And so... What do you think it is? Because, you know, on paper they have, like, decent perimeter defenders, right? I think it's just that hard to defend Lillard and McCollum, especially when you're going as big as they go. That's asking Rudy to cover a lot of ground. Yeah. You know? And and especially, like, when they put Myers Leonard in the game. Myers Leonard, not that good of a player. Like, he's okay as a backup big man. But you have to respect his his three-point shot, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you have Withy or you have Gobert or whomever defending him and they're running a pick-and-roll or a pick-and-pop with with McCollum and or Lillard, with Leonard as the big man, that like that just puts those guys in really tough positions. I was curious. Uh, Myers Leonard only played nine minutes in that game, yeah, uh, and he was a minus seven when he was out there. But you know, I I, I with I'm with you at least in theory that that yeah. should bring the Jazz's big man out. Yeah. Uh, I I I think it is. It's a weird matchup because, like last night or I guess Tuesday was was a game that I think they win in a lot of circumstances. Probably, like, yeah. A team doesn't go 13 for 19 from three yeah. ever, right? I don't That's, know. I mean, they are stupid good at they shooting are, the ball. Like, they are stupid good, <laughs> yeah. but like, I, you know, I, I asked Quinn Snyder about it today, and he thought that they defended the three about as well as they could have. It's just that yeah, some they, of these I mean, shots went in. I mean, it didn't feel like it was a bunch of open looks, you know? Right. Like, it felt like the defense was... It felt like the defense was really good for like eighteen to twenty seconds. Mm-hmm. Each put, you know, each of these possessions, and then they either hit a tough shot or there's just that little breakdown, and if, and the Blazers are just so good at exploiting that little breakdown. There's some statistical evidence, by the way, that team defense is a lot more able to uh, determine how many of an opponent's shots they take from each zone rather than what kind of their percentage is. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, especially from outside shots, right? So three-point shots kind of is... Uh, three Opponent three-point shooting percentage is kind of random um, right. based on, you know, how good of a te- how good of a team shooting you're playing against. Right. Uh, you know, what the wind is like that day, whatever <laughs> it is, you know. Kind of these random luck of the draw bounces. 13 of 19, I think, is is especially lucky that the Jazz only forced the Blazers to shoot 19 shots. I yeah, think, that's, I mean, a that's a sign. low three-point Yeah, rate, that would have right? been their second lowest total of any game last season. Yeah. So... Uh, I, I I was actually relatively encouraged by that. Boris Diaw was terrible. Ooh, um, he was bad. One of eight shooting. Uh, got that one layup at the end. Yeah. That, that <laughs> made that look a little bit nicer. Um, but uh, no assists. Only three rebounds. Five fouls. And it was he didn't get any secondary assists. He didn't get any free right. throw assists. To me, that's Boris's maybe only like very good NBA skill is at at this point is is his passing right like that's, yeah that's that's, why a, he's that's on an the elite floor. skill for him right and if he's not doing that then it becomes hard for him very quickly right um in the same way that I said that the Jazz were seeking out Damian Lillard by switching him onto Joe Johnson the Blazers were very much seeking out Boris Diaw in every pick and roll situation mm-hmm. right like I mean they just attacked him constantly it seemed like and given that i think he he probably played too much i mean he played 11:33 in the fourth quarter yeah that's a lot right yeah i I, d- I mean i guess what do you do like do you go lyles there probably or i mean you could consider going small and put joe ingles in i guess yeah i don't know i don't that's love not, that either yeah i mean uh, i guess you go joe at joe johnson at the four if you go Joe Johnson at the four and guarding Aminu and, and Joe Ingles at the three with Mo Harkless, I think that's that might be better. Yeah, I mean, part of the problem is their bench was just so ineffective, right? So how right. can you, re- like, in the th- in the in the flow of that game, as you're keeping it close, like, they really shouldn't have been in the game as long as they were, right, mm-hmm. um, with the injuries. And so in a flow that where whenever you put a backup in, this guy's just getting blitzed 
all the time, right? Like how that's got to be a tough decision for Quinn Snyder to be like, well, maybe I should go to Lyles here. Yeah. Because Lyles was what, a minus 11 right. in 18 minutes? Yeah, like, that's the thing is like Jay yeah. Lyles wasn't good either. And right. That's obviously Derek Favors would be the ideal right. solution. It, yeah, and, I, and like whatever, like these single game plus minuses don't mean all that much in the grand scheme of things, right? right like but it, when it's, you're it's making randomness. A, and Boris Diaw was a plus one. Right. However that happened, like <laughs> Boris Diaw, as bad as he played, was a plus one. Yeah, I mean, when when you're making those in-game decisions and you don't have a lot of data from the season to work on, you're going kind of based on how they played that night. And I yeah. mean, I thought the Jazz were succeeding with the starters despite Boris Diaw. Right, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. And, uh, you know... I, I, but I also, like, don't you think part of that... I do think, like, 11-33 in the fourth quarter is too much for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't you also kind of just think, like, Boris Diaw is going to make a play for us? Right. Like, that's... That, I don't think he's, that's a poor assumption on on Quinn's part, it just didn't work out. Yeah, I, I think ultimately, sure, he's going to make a play for you, but then right. as as much as he was being targeted, and heck, you know, Joe Ingles and Trey Lyles probably get equally targeted, sure. but maybe they add more on the yeah, offensive maybe. end. Uh, and Boris is not a good three-point shooter, right? And so... Right. That, that really so hurt. So Trey, Trey can hit a three, so maybe that changes the dynamic of what's on the floor. I the, don't know. The three consecutive missed threes he had in, in the second quarter hurt the Jazz during that. I think yeah. it was a 15-2... to two uh, Something like that, Portland yeah. run right. that you know ch- kind of changed the game and made the Jazz have to come back. Which you know, to their yeah. credit and to Joe Johnson's yeah. credit, they did. Ooh, by the way, Damian Lillard is officially good. Yeah. If you had any <laughs> doubts, that guy. I'd, there was some idiot tweeting me because I said like, oh, it's, you know, fourth quarter, it's Lillard time or whatever. And he's like, that's not actually a thing. He shot thirty-seven percent in the playoffs and blah blah blah. And I'm just like, I don't know how you watch him and not think he he is a legitimate threat, whether he's hitting shots or not. And like in the fourth quarter, he does seem to rise to the occasion. Quite often, yeah. It does. I, it doesn't mean he's Dirk Nowitzki out there, right? But he scored 16 points on five shots in the fourth. I was really impressed with his finishing around the rim yeah. more than like I, you know everyone knows he's a stellar right. shooter and he definitely showed that off. But the finishing around the rim to go six of seven over Rudy Gobert. Yeah, I mean he was is, going at Rudy Gobert too. Like he was really attacking him, not afraid, like absorbing contact and getting the angles to finish. Yeah, and I think Rudy did like a good job there of yeah. n- not sending him to the line and uh, keeping pretty much vertical on yeah. on these uh, contests and you know Lillard found a way to finish them anyway yeah. that to me was the most impressive part of what he did uh it's he's just very good he's really good <laughs> okay let me ask a debate that i was having with someone in in the jazz locker room after okay. the game Damian Lillard or Kyrie Irving moving forward Lillard 100% Lillard? yeah okay. i know I, Kyrie just won a ring and he hit the big shot or whatever I I am I'm not sold on him being like one like one of the best point guards. Like I think he's like a top 5 to 7 point guard in the league, but he has so many issues that if he didn't have LeBron James on his team, hmm. like we've seen those yeah, exposed, seen right? Them, like what... so so I don't know what you judge him on. Like all right, he has LeBron on his team, so maybe you have to judge him on a curve based on that. And I'm not saying he's bad, but like I look at what Lillard does on a night in night out basis, and I look at what Kyrie does, and what Kyrie does is really good, but he's not leading the team, and I don't know how fair that is to judge him on that. Well, and we've seen Kyrie judge a team, and it hasn't gone well. Right, exactly, and it, yeah, it's bad. It's like bad enough to get the number one pick three or four years, right? <laughs> yeah. Like that's how yeah. it is. Yeah, that that's kind of where I come down to, and so we should have the conversation with this member of the Jazz locker room, and, and I'm in. Have and show them who's right, it's, and I'm sure we'll change their mind because they're both equally as bad defensively, right? Right. So. I'll take the better offensive player, and I think Dame's a better offensive player. I want to. Uh, we got to take a break, but I want to talk about a couple more jazz issues with yes. you after the break, and finally answer our question on Twitter yes. next on the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700.
You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. What you gonna do with all that junk? All that junk inside your trunk. <laughs> I'm gonna get, 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 get you drunk. Get you uh, drunk off my hump. My hump, my I should hump, know that by now that everything hump, is a challenge to John. Hump, I, did we ever find out what she did with all that junk uh, in her trunk? I don't know if she ever made it clear. We need a ruling on that. that some sort of investigative effort. Right. Now, that sounds kind of skeevy. I know she... Didn't she, like, wet herself on stage? I think that was a thing. I don't think I just got that us in trouble legally. <laughs> I think I think that was a thing. If that's true, I hope so. I don't so. know if I want yeah. to Google that just You're to right. have that's it in my thing. search it's, history. It's a, a risky Google. Right. B, if it's false, then now we just get sued for a right. level, you know. I feel like there was something involving her on stage with like a urination or something. Uh, you know, I'll Google it during the break. Right. I'm, I'm brave. I'll Google it on my phone. That's yeah. what I'll do. <laughs> <laughs> Deal. All right, uh, I want to get to this question, a couple of questions from Twitter uh, before we before we get back into it. Uh, Riley O'Brien, at Riley O'Jazz, asks, who of the current core is on the Jazz in three years from now? Nice to hear you guys again. By the way, before we answer that question. Nice to be heard. The way, yeah. Uh, on the way into Portland, got on the airplane, walk in first class. Like, you know how the people in first class eye and judge you because you're not yeah. as good at them? Well, I was being eyed and judged, and then one of them actually spoke to me and said, Hey, Andy, I like your radio show. And, and it said, was Rudy Gobert. You. And it was not Rudy <laughs> Gobert. But the point of this is wow. maybe not all first-class people are evil. Um, I have a, a fairly good status with the Delta Sky Miles and everything. Okay. Um, so I get upgraded. Is it, is it gold? Like what, what? No, no, it's it's silver, but it's... But Silver's it, good. Yeah, but but it's I get upgraded uh, more than I should. Hmm. Whenever I get upgraded to first class, I'm, if I get upgraded to Delta Comfort, I'm judging you 100%. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, okay. I stand by we the people it. judging in first class. Okay. Uh, anyway, let's answer Riley's <laughs> question. Who of the current core is on the Jazz in three years from now? Um, I think it's easier to almost answer who's not. I'll say Derek's gone. Okay. I don't know why. Do you think that I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's got two years left on the deal this yeah. year and next, and then he is up for the extension right now, which is certainly something that yeah. him and... Uh, favors management and, and and the Utah Jazz are talking about. Yeah. Uh, but you know, they, even if that is signed, obviously they could they could trade him if Trey Lyles becomes an excellent starting player, right. or if you know, quite frankly, the cap space stuff doesn't work out. Right. And I also I was actually talking about this with somebody today. Um, just the idea of like, do you flip Derek Favors in order to just maximize value? Right. Like, does he do, does this style actually fit in the NBA? I think that going big and finding a way to go big while still shooting threes will kind of be the next fad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Jazz, uh, not that I think Derek Favors is going to become a three-point shooter, although uh, that scrimmage at he the high school, the he was very, school, very confident school, in that jumper. Yeah. Um, I, I think that could maybe be like a he hits 20 a year type of thing at some point, but I don't think like he's going to become Al Horford, right? right. Um, I think that because of not knowing that, it, it wouldn't shock me if the Jazz decided to pivot a little bit, especially if Trey Lyles becomes pretty good. Yeah, I, I think you have to wait until that happens. Yeah, to, for to make sure. That move. But also, like, I do wonder, 
I, can you get more for him now, a better value for him now because there is such a good value in that contract? Yeah. Or do you stick with the good value of that contract that you have and, and use that to build? It's it's tough. I, I would probably want to, just from a trade value point of view, extend it because he is young. He is uh, a good player. Yeah, that's true. You've got him for longer because, you know, if you trade him this offseason, then you're trading essentially an expiring contract at that point, right? Right. So it may be worthwhile to have that extension on there. Yeah, maybe. Um, I I worry less about the favors go bear core than a lot of people do just because right. it has worked so well on the yeah, court. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty effective. Um so, you know, until that stops being the case, I I think that's but Maybe he's just a guy who's, you know, he's a big guy, he takes a lot of punishment, maybe he's injured a lot. Yeah, and you know? and that might be more worrying to me as if he can yeah. actually stay healthy for a little bit. Right. He's missed one game so far, so he's, know, he hasn't played this entire season. <laughs> That's he has missed every single game this season. I was looking at glass half full. You went <laughs> glass entirely empty. I broke the glass. <laughs> I smashed it on the ground. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I think uh, I, honestly, I think it makes more sense almost if you do it in like a consolidation trade. Like, did you read that John Wall Ringer article um, that was posted yes, yeah, yesterday, yeah, 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 yeah. kind of saying that the Wizards should consider trading John Wall? given that they're a franchise who don't have championship contending right. chances in the next three to four years. Yeah, I guess, it, um, I mean, do you trust Bradley Beal to ever be healthy? No. And, I mean, I mean that's, uh, or, like okay, it, let's go with, yes, they're still not winning a title. Uh, Right, yeah. I mean, they're a, a big player away from being a title contender, right? Yeah. Like, as good as I think John Wall and Bradley Beal are, and I'm very high on both of them, that's, you need someone else. So let's say Wall becomes available from a Jazz point of view. Okay. I think that's obviously a great fit and a great, uh-huh. you know, just talent kind of thing he, to have John Wall in the Utah Jazz. He's pretty, he's pretty acceptable as a basketball player. Maybe you make a trade like a Dante Exum plus Derek Favors Ooh, plus a couple of first kind of deal. You've mortgaged the future. Uh, I've kind of you've mortgaged the future. given up on Dante Exum future All-NBA? Player? That's, that's saying a lot. For <laughs> that's, Dante that's a lot. Yeah. Like, what are the odds that Dante Exum becomes better than John Wall? Very low. Yeah. John. I mean, John it, Wall is. That's incredible. not a knock on Dante. John Wall is just that good. Right. And so that's where you come at it. Is I, you know, you say, look, just from a goodness of player point of view, right? This is this is a no brainer, right? Um, I, you know, I, I think honestly, that's a deal that obviously the Jazz would consider and probably do. Yeah. I don't think it's a crazy offer from the Wizards' point of view if you are rebooting. like uh, Right, uh, if you can reboot with that as you know, as your return, yeah, I'm sure you probably need a, a decent draft pick in, you know, or two. Yeah, that's... I that's, don't think that's crazy to ask for. That's part of the problem is that the Jazz's draft picks that they have are uh, their own and now the Warriors first right. and the Oklahoma City first, right. none of which are going to be lottery pick. Also, like, we're talking about a Ted Leonsis team. Like, that's... Ernie Grunfeld is the GM. Like, that's it's true. just... that's None of that's gonna happen. Right. I don't think... I just, like, look at how long they stuck with Randy Whitman, who's a bad coach. Okay. Right? And I think that they are... They are more inclined to just think, like, oh, we're just one break away from doing it, as opposed to we need to overhaul this. Gotcha. Unless... John Wall brings guns into a locker room and then <laughs> tells right, then another he's not player to, to Utah either. Right, right, then tells a player to pick one and and you get a whole another Gilbert Arenas situation. I've noticed with a number of these kind of situations that NBA executives really do fear for their lives. <laughs> like, <laughs> honestly, when you like talk about talk to them about people who have had like gun issues or right. like have mob ties or whatever, I like don't they become disagree. very concerned. Yeah, and, yeah, and you, I, I don't really blame them. Right. 
Uh, I would definitely vote no guns in an arena as opposed to guns in an arena. Right. But we're still making like Gilbert Arenas, Javaris Crittenton jokes, even right. though they could murder us. Uh, probably not. They're yeah. Probably not going I don't to. think Gil can afford a gun anymore, so I, <laughs> I think we're good on that. Javaris probably can't I think Javaris is in prison. I legitimately yeah. think he's no, in prison. No, he is. Pr- yeah. He was sentenced to, I think, 20 to 40 years in prison Something like for that, murdering his for, uh, 15-year-old, right. I think. Anyway. So that uh, got dark. <laughs> so that was bad. Anyway, don't let that happen to your franchise. If yeah. John Wall's available, you just get it. So in. yeah, I think Derek Favors might be on his way out at some point <laughs> in the next three years. <laughs> we did not remotely answer Riley O'Brien's oh. question. We'll we'll get to it at some point still. Uh, all right, next segment, we've got Jerem Moore of Salt City Hoops coming on the show. He did an awesome article for us on kind of defining each jazz player's success and what that looks like. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk about that with Jerem on the next segment here on the Salt City Hoops show on ESPN 700. Back to the analytics, opinions, and best breakdown of the Utah Jazz and the NBA. This is Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. This is a great song. Yeah. Uh, we can, we can come into this instead of my humps. Uh, we did verify the Fergie incident. Not getting happened, sued. So we're not getting sued. What is four thumbs uh, and not getting sued? And Tavares Crittenton. <laughs> Did get sentenced to 23 years in prison for murdering a 22-year-old woman who was a mother of four. I don't know Just, why I thought it was attempted murder instead of actual murder. Uh, she yeah, turns she out did bad die. guy. So, Yikes. I mean, attempted murder is still bad. You should still, very, very, yeah. Uh, just whether or not you're good at it, in my opinion, shouldn't really factor into the decision well, making. Just if it's just attempted, you're not that good at it. Right. That's right. what I'm saying. Yeah. Is we don't want good or bad murderers on the streets. Quite frankly, seems like a bad skill to have. Yeah. Unnecessary skill. Unless we get into a zombie apocalypse, <laughs> then quite handy. Then we know who to who to release. Right. And, exactly. And do the fighting for us. Yeah. Anyway. Right. <laughs> All right, we got to talk basketball. Um, Jerem Moore is on the show with us. Jerem is a writer for SaltCityHoops.com, former writer for KSL. Basically, he used to have my job. Uh, Jerem, welcome in. He just dropped. Oh, we just dropped? Shoot. Well, that was fun when <laughs> I thought he was here. We're going to get Jerem back on the show yeah. after all that promotion. I have to, you know, we have to do talk about what we said we were going to talk about. Right. Uh, do we have anyone else on this team who won't be here in three years to go back to Riley O'Brien's? I mean, from the core? Yeah, he says who of the current core. I guess technically, like, Gordon's in play, right? Right. Because we don't know. Like, I think that he probably will end up staying here. I, I, I really don't think he's going to leave, despite the Boston media thinking everyone's going to sign with the Celtics. Um, but, yeah, like, I think Gordon Gordon's maybe in play. I expect him to resign, but I don't think it's I don't think it's a problem. Yeah, I, I mean I think he will. I think there's like a thirty percent chance he doesn't, you know. Yeah, like that's probably fair. Boston or Phoenix or New York or wherever right. else is attractive to him and yeah. he, I mean maybe not New York has they don't, don't have the cap space. Phoenix but. also not a good organization. Don't go to Phoenix. No. I'm just, like honestly it's just like coaches he has played for right. before <laughs> was that last three list. Uh but you know I, I think Boston is probably Tyrone the, Corbin is a assistant somewhere. Uh, in Phoenix. Oh, in Phoenix. Oh, I knew I saw him recently. <laughs> All right, so Phoenix probably won't right, happen. Phoenix is in. Earl Watson's great, but you do have to... Yeah, anyway. Uh, all right, Jerem, I, I hear Jerem's back. Jerem, are you here? I am here. All right, cool. So 
you wrote an article called Defining Success uh, for Jazz Players in 2016-17, and I wanted to talk to you about it on the show today. And basically what I'm going to have you do, and I don't know if you're prepared for this, uh, but if you, if you, hopefully you are, uh, we'll I'm going to ask you the what you think success is for each of these players going down the list, and then Zach and I will talk about it and basically whether or not we agree. Sound good? Okay. Cool. Yes. Let's start with the man we just finished talking about, Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward's getting back healthy. Like, I mean, there's a lot. That's that all you is, want? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, essentially, if he comes okay. back and he plays 65, it's 65 games, I think everything else is going to take care of itself. Um, I did put the super special season stretch goal on there of adding one to each of his things, becoming 20, uh, 20, uh, 20 points, six rebounds, five assists guy. Okay. But, yeah. I, I'm, I'm with him. I think uh, the health is it because okay. I because Gordon's so good right like Gordon's really good in his role the team compliments him really well at this point like, I just think as long as he's healthy everything is fine with him yeah so he's 19 5 and 4 last year I think that would definitely be a success again if he does that this year and then that stretch goal the special super successful season stretch goal is what you called it in the article Jerem would be 21 yeah. 6 and 5 that's I mean that's a stretch but it's not crazy that's two points more a game one right. rebound more and one assist more yeah. Right. Uh, and, and if he does that, he's, I mean, that's as borderline all star as you're going to get, yeah. where he's going to be in the conversation that whole time. Yeah, for 100%. Sure. Let's move on to Rudy Gobert. Okay. Rudy, I talked about um, basically doing what he does, what he did during the preseason. That's hitting free throws so he can stay on the, stay on the court. Like, if just keep him out on the court the whole time so no one's trying to hack a Rudy, basically, was my idea of a successful season. Okay, so you, you've got your successful stat line as 11 points a game, 11 rebounds a game, over two and a half blocks and per game, and then uh, 70% free throw shooting. Do we think he does yeah. it? 70% I think is doable. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, all those, I think all the stat line is doable. Uh, one of my person is not getting their, their points per game because I started adding them up and it turned out to be like 118 points per game. I don't know. But, Maybe. We don't know yet. It's early in the season. <laughs> and, it, well, I, and I had Joe Johnson at nine points a game, and I think that's going to be significantly higher. Hmm. All right. So, And then your stretch goal for Rudy Gobert was making the all-defensive team, uh, which right. I think is, is very plausible. I don't know. Hassan Whiteside was, was – uh, he allowed 9% at the rim against the Orlando Magic last night. So really? Hassan Whiteside may actually be a good defender now. What? Or no. maybe the Magic just suck. <laughs> I mean, we, we will see. We should have done an in or out on that one. Uh, I, I didn't actually look up what Rudy Gobert was defending the rim. Let's see. Uh, I'll have six for 11 defending the rim. Ooh, that's very Tuesday. bad. Yeah. <laughs> Damian Lillard destroyed right. him. It's, I mean, can't be, can't be all defensive first team now. <laughs> the dream is dead. Dang it. You know, uh, I thought I was going to get more than one game out of that. <laughs> <laughs> Derek Favors, what do you think? Again, it's, you're going to notice a theme. It's get healthy. It's, Derek is different than Gordon because Derek is, I don't know if he's injury prone. I heard you guys talking about that earlier. Of, or maybe someone else was talking about that earlier. But is he injury prone? Is he off injured? I want him to play over 65 games as well uh, because I don't think he did it last year. And he just, I want him to be healthy, and if he's healthy, again, I think everything takes care of itself, and I don't think his stat line ever shows how good he actually is. 
So he played 62 games last season, uh, and uh, I think that's you know kind of a reasonable target. I do think that you kind of want to, based on his injury, you kind of want to hold him uh, up a little bit in like back-to-back scenarios where you're playing a lot of games in a, in a short amount of time. Um, so yeah, I think the health is a big thing, especially for like these kind of repeated uh, inflammation kind of injuries, right? I think maybe I'm becoming a jazz homer in some way, but like all of these goals seem likely to me like i don't think 65 games doesn't seem like that much to me yeah. but i think that's very right. attainable right um did you see it's, that yeah it's, sorry I, 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 like some of these are kind of boring but <laughs> <laughs> well it's fine we're, we're gonna get to the non-core here and we'll we'll see i i think it, you're right that it is more likely that most of these players are successful than not did you see that crazy yeah. letter by the way that i posted on on twitter on friday i it really enjoyed it it was an amazing letter. Wait, I actually used Anne right. Uh, <laughs> I can't even use it wrong like that guy did. That was incredibly awesome. Um, if you guys it, haven't seen it, it, check it out on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, when I say you guys, I mean our listening audience. Uh, because basically I received a letter on Friday that was like, Derek Favors is very injury prone and therefore Gail Miller should trade him. Right. And also... The letter author would like a ten thousand dollar loan from Mrs. Gail Miller because the state of Utah is uh, coming after him over something. Or it other. was like over homosexuality or something like that, uh, or well, like he, like his like, views on homosexuality yeah, or something like that. that. Like it really takes a turn. Yeah, I mean it, 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 it hangs a right. The best thing is the turn. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it's supposed to be fun. By the way, I need ten thousand dollars now. Right. <laughs> Which, by the way, if she's giving out ten thousand dollars, also we'll take yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and I if mean, she's listening, trying to buy a house. So. Yeah, like I'm just trying to clear some. I, I gotta, you know, pay for some car repairs, so that'll work. Both of you guys did like way better segues than than the letter author ever did. <laughs> uh, the by the way, and oh, I need a car. Like, are much better reasons. And check that out on Twitter, guys, if you haven't already, because yeah. it's it's a crazy thing. Uh, yeah. Rodney Hood. Um, I'm actually trying to remember what I put for Rodney Hood. I uh, what? Yeah, I can help you this out. Is what I have on it. Yeah, uh, please. You've, you've got if Rodney Hood uh, needs to take the next step in shooting. So if he can hit 37 percent of his threes, his points could go up to the area of 17 points per game. Then you have his uh, just his successful stat line is 14 points, 14.5 points per game, 37 percent three point shooting, three rebounds, and 2.5 assists per game. Yeah, and uh, I mean. I like to think of Rodney Hood as a decent to good shooter, but, you know, I don't think 37%, especially with how much hopefully he's playing off the ball this next, with, with all these different weapons they have in there, hopefully 37% is attainable and he can become a high teens point scorer. Yeah, I mean, I I actually kind of think that he can be around what he was last year. He should just be closer to 40% from three. Like, I, I don't think his usage and his production needs to go up all that much i think he just needs to be more efficient and i'm i'm very high on his his shooting ability like it's kind of crazy to me that he's a 36 percent career three-point shooter because i kind of i just look at him as much higher than that yeah it's interesting because his shot looks so good and he gets so high and then it is kind of a flat shot which i think um i don't know if that hurts his percentage as much and maybe he can he can figure out how to make it at higher rates i mean i think he probably it just feels like he's a better shooter than than 35 36 what he's been so far i also think it's interesting yeah, I... uh his breakdown when he plays with gordon hayward and when he doesn't 
Last year, he used 26% of Jazz possessions when Hayward was off the floor and 20% of possessions when Hayward was on the floor. Obviously, game one had the opportunity to play without Hayward, and we saw what he could do with 26 points. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. Do you think Rodney gets. I, Rodney was at 14.2 last year, so uh, I, I think 14.5 is completely reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. I'm expecting like points to stagnate a little just because there's more weapons around him. So even though, like Zach was saying, even though point or like he might be shooting better, I think he's just going to be more efficient at essentially that same stat line. Is okay. is hopefully the plan. Gotcha. Uh, George Hill. Uh, George Hill, I think is all about making sure your offense is running. Uh, I, I know there's a lot of other stuff to it. I put down uh, the target of 110 offensive rating while he's on the court, which he, I was looking through his season's past, and it's a pretty standard mark of 110. Hmm. But, for instance, Gordon and Derek, I don't think have, I think they have one 110 offensive rating season between them, or it was the same season. But being able to get into that offense and letting people score so that while he's on the court, people are scoring. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I 100% agree. I think that that should be the goal. Like this, in theory, this team should, you know, maybe they're not looking like the seven seconds or less Suns by any means, but they should just be hyper efficient as an offensive unit. Right, and I mean, I think we saw that in game one, right? We we referenced a stat earlier, 120-0 rating when he was in the game, 54 yeah. when he was out of the game. Right. Obviously, if you keep that up, you play George Hill a lot of minutes, you're going <laughs> right. to be pretty decently off, decent offensively. Right. And that's, yeah, 120 is spectacular. Yeah, that's right, it's, it's one game, right? We're not, I'm not going for 120 all, all no, season long. No, you know what? That's, that's the only measure of success this year for George Hill. That's what I'm going with. I'm deleting it right now, and I'm rewriting it for 120. <laughs> Sorry, Perfect. George. Uh, Joe Johnson. Uh, Joe Johnson, uh, I, I had him as, as hitting his shots. Like, I have it as uh, 40% three-point shooting, and honestly, maybe even better. I didn't think he was going uh, I don't think as we go throughout the season, he's going to play as much as he did last night, as should be, Right. you know, very obvious. But... He he did a lot of what I was actually expecting and wanting him to do in his stretch goal or in his in his in his goal in that I want him to take over take over games in the fourth because our team still doesn't know how to win. Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, we we've seen the Jazz struggle in the clutch. Now maybe that was more defensively than offensively last season, but I think there right, is a room for a Joe Johnson type player to take over. You have one of his success measurements being hitting at least one game winner this season, which I think is is plausible. I'm in on that. Yeah. Um, nine points per game is interesting because, you know, after scoring 29, I, I think he has to average like one point per game for the rest of the season <laughs> in order to get there. Uh, that yeah. may not be exactly true, but. Prognostication is hard sometimes. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, as you point out, if all these players hit their points per game totals, then the Jazz score 120 points a game. and Yeah, we're talking like 90 possessions, right? So that's, right. that's pretty good efficiency. <laughs> right. uh, Dante Exum. Uh, Dante, and again, this is broken record. This is him playing. And I actually think I would adjust this now to playing meaningful minutes. I actually might have a minutes goal for my, my successful stat line. But I want him to, to play a whole bunch of games. So you have 25 minutes per game as his target, and I don't think he gets there. Uh, I mean, we saw him play eight minutes last night right. uh, or right. Tuesday. 
And, you know, like we talked about, team was a minus 18 in those eight minutes, so it, it didn't exactly go well. Uh, I'd be shocked to see him play 25 minutes a game. Yeah, kinda. but I think 20 is within range, right? Fine. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I think that that's very possible. And honestly, to me, success, I, I want to see him take another step. I, I want to see him be better than the player he was as a rookie when he put up a 5 PER and, and shot 35% from the field. You know, I want to see him be able to attack in the paint a little bit, maybe get to the line a little bit, yeah. uh, maybe get yeah well, shots close to the basket a little bit. I've got, yeah. I've got really good news for you guys because he had a 20 PER. In those eight minutes. That's okay. so. There you go. He's <laughs> he's much he's much better now. Uh oh, we just lost Jerem again. So we we we're gonna try to get him back on the line, but luckily we've got this in front of us. Alec Burks, he says, also just needs to be healthy. Um, 11 yeah, points like, per game, seventy games played. I don't think Alec gets there. No, probably. I mean, it seems like he's not that close to returning. Yeah, let's let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, Alec Burks is a complete mystery to me. Um. So he's been on these flights recently, and the only reason I know this is because I keep running into people who are like, hey, I, Alec Burks was on my flight going to X place. So like last week, someone told me that he was on their flight to Boston. Okay. And then this week, someone told me he was on their flight to LA. And it's like, okay, this is, you know, the Jazz have not played in Boston or LA. <laughs> right. So he must probably is doing something medically. He's from Kansas City. It's not like he's visiting family or anything in, in one of these two places. So... I would bet that he's getting opinions on something from a medical point of view. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I wonder what is the successful number of games played for him? Like 60? Is that too low? Is that... I'd be fine with 60 at this point. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm very weirded out with what's happening. I mean, the Jazz sent out a press release June 7th, I think it was, saying that he had had successful knee and ankle arthroscopic surgery um, and that he would be ready by the beginning of training camp. And, of course, he hasn't been and right. hasn't done anything contact, anything close but to But as we've noticed, he looks good, right? right? Like, he looks like he's in great shape in pregame stuff. And then, he, exactly, he does pregame, like, warm-ups where he's, like, running up and down the floor, and he looks fine. He looks like there's no pain. There's there's nothing there. You ask Quinn Snyder and, and the coaches about it, and they say, you know, he's... Is, joints are healthy but he hasn't hit like the required balanced benchmarks in order to return yet so yeah. it's it's a weird situation that i still haven't really figured out what's going on yet and i, I just kind of wanted to explain that out loud to people because I've, I've gotten a lot of questions about him on on twitter and etc that's all yeah. uh so i would take 60 games played yeah and, i think that's fair yeah and honestly probably fewer than 11 points per game given that i don't think he'll play that many minutes uh immediately returning yeah that's fair trey lyles uh jerem we hear you're back by the way i hope so okay <laughs> good <laughs> what do you want from trey lyles uh i want him to, to carry what he was doing last season uh as uh, it's been talked about ad nauseum but that march april stretch he was fantastic and i just want him doing that more yeah that's fair and i mean he has maybe he's maybe the player I've seen improve most in season of, of any player I've ever seen. Just, I remember when I got here, like late November, everyone was like, "This guy's terrible." Like he's playing all that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Really? It doesn't look that bad to me." And they're like, "No, he's been awful." Yeah, I, I mean, he he was terrible. He and just like 
maybe the three-point shooting, and maybe just because it's such an obvious skill, but right. like from not taking threes at all to like sometimes taking corner threes to making a lot of corner threes to now taking above the break threes to being like a forty-three percent shooter, from, right. and then some of the guard skills he's displaying is is really special that you just don't see from people his size. Um, I I think that's kind of what it looks like is if he can be a uh, attacking player offensively and then defensively do something. Um, maybe be helpful around the rim yeah. is, is kind of what I want to see. Right. Uh, yeah. You've got a stat line, by the way, is 40% three-point shooting, 10 points per game, and six rebounds per game. Yeah. Again, that might be high because not everyone's going to score all these points. Right. And his rebounds might be a touch high, too, but... Yeah, I mean, it does become a playing time thing at some point. Yeah, right? I mean, they're deep, yeah. right? Like, and that's a good problem to have. Yeah, and granted, if Boris keeps playing the way he does, he's going to get Trey is going to get significantly more more minutes. But right, uh, you know, based on what we saw from Boris in game yeah. one. In fact, <laughs> yeah. if Boris is our next player. Uh, what what's a successful season for him? I actually didn't have a really successful season for him. I wanted him to make make Rudy better. Was was the idea? Uh, I talked like I was. He was the hardest one for me to do because I wanted to talk about defensive rating. I wanted to talk about assists. I wanted to talk about minutes played. But like I don't think that whatever he does is going to be successful if Rudy isn't successful because I think there's kind of a synergy between them two. Between yeah, between them yeah. two. Do you think that extends to when Boris is not on the court? Yeah, I'm hoping so. I I think. Because I mean, I think Rudy's going to play far more than than Boris will. But I'm I'm hoping that Boris can sit down with Rudy, watch tape, say, "Hey, this is what you need to do here. This is where you're looking. This is where you want to go," and through the season, help Rudy along. I I honestly think that he can help the rest of the team figure out how to help Rudy as well. Because no one delivers the pass and 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 sets Rudy up as well as Boris does just based on what I saw in the preseason like he mm. he really puts the ball high he puts the ball in a catchable spot Rudy doesn't seem to be fumbling those passes from from Boris like he does other guys I think he can I think Boris could lead to getting the other guys to get into that comfort zone of delivering the ball properly to Rudy because he does have questionable hands at times, right? And I, I think right. he's helped Rudy's timing of when to cut to the basket yeah, for and sure. where to stand during those things, where it's it's less that Rudy has to come from behind the basket, you know, that four feet between the basket and, and the end line, right. and instead he's coming from bef- uh, in front of the basket and, and from coming from the elbow or the post area, and he's had a whole lot more success at that, maybe taking one step and then dunking on people right. <laughs> than the other way around. Uh, last yeah. player, let's do Shelvin Mack. Okay, Shelvin Chauvin Mack, just don't crash the car, basically. Um, when, when you're in there, you're gonna, he, uh, once we actually get healthy, he's going to have a ton of weapons around him. And, you know, steady the ship. Just don't be, don't be terrible. I put the stat line of have a better than minus, I think I had .05 box plus minus score, like, which he's historically, he's, I don't think he's had a season above a zero. Hmm. So just don't, don't crash the car. He kind of crashed the car on Tuesday. Yeah. 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 So don't, yep. don't do that. <laughs> Game one, some of mine already went out the window. Yeah, like, oh. that's true. I'd like to add one more for Joel Ballenboy. Have okay. a cool dunk. Oh, dang it. Should yeah. have done that one. Cool dunk. For just one cool dunk from, from Ballenboy this year. That's what I want. That's a successful season to me. I agree. 
Uh, can it happen yep. at the D League level, or does it have to? No, be No, it's got to be an NBA level. Okay. I expect him Scott, to have yeah. cool dunks at the at the D League level. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's got to be NBA. Might happen. Uh, cool. All right. Yeah. I mean, we've got Raul Neto, Joe Ingles, and Jeff with you, but we're also out of time, so we'll, <laughs> we'll go ahead and they, skip they those guys. As long as their shoelaces are tied, I'm assuming it's going to be successful. That works for me. Yep, I like it. All right, Jerem, uh, tell everyone where we can follow you on Twitter and, of course, on the interwebs and your, your basketball writing. Uh, I'm at Jerem Moore. Uh, you'll know me as J-Rom, Jerome, Jarman, Jerame, <laughs> and pretty much anything else that my name can be butchered. Uh, and then I just write for Salt City Hoops now. Used to be on KSL, but SaltCityHoops.com. KSL is a good website, too. I'd invite everyone to go check that out. Check them both out. Go, go look at my archives of <laughs> during the dark times. Cool. All right. Well, thanks so much, Jaron, for joining us. We got to go ahead and take a break. On the other side, we'll do Around the NBA, all of the latest news and notes from the association. That's next on the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700. From coast to coast, this is Around the NBA on Salt City Hoops on ESPN 700. All right, welcome back into the Salt City Hoop Show. Andy Larson and Zach Harper coming from uh, coming at you from the ESPN 700 studios. Yes. Uh, lots of news that we haven't talked about because we've been off the <laughs> off the air for a month as right. we've had baseball playoffs. Uh, but I only did things in the last week because you know who wants to talk about I don't know the first week of preseason when we have the first week I of think the regular it, season. I don't know. I think it's pretty. You prescient. told me that preseason didn't mean anything. Also correct. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Uh, but we have actual news stories to talk about. A couple of arena news and notes. Um, Chris Hansen, the Seattle billionaire who was trying to relocate the Sacramento Kings a couple of years ago, now says he's willing to fund an entirely new arena with entirely private money yeah. in Seattle. Also was going to throw in like $200 million to like fix this bridge situation or overpass situation or something that also is a problem in the port area because they're worried about traffic so it's not just the arena he was going to build a bridge essentially just i mean that's literally building bridges right exactly the uh, seattle voters who have been very anti-non-public yeah, money i mean they threw you know when they needed to put another arena for seattle or for the sonics right like they had just approved safeco uh, for the mariners right. and they had just built the the Seahawks new, the new stadium field right yeah century yeah so they had just put up like a billion or more dollars right. and so getting them to do another arena like it was just really bad timing and then you know we know the fallout of that all I you know coincidentally enough tonight Sacramento Kings opening up the Golden One Center their new arena downtown yeah. Sacramento that's good timing for the story Vivek says it is the best arena in the world True. Also, uh, I don't know if that's true. I haven't been there yet, but uh, they did have a problem with the sunshine in the preseason yeah. coming through and like kind of blinding people on the court at like five thirty. You know, I like windows. <laughs> I like having the uh, that there's you know a a something to connect you with the outside Probably world. Probably need a curtain. But then, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like that's basic. There are solutions. And they didn't to these account problems. for it, which uh, I believe someone from Sacktown Realty, which is a great Kings blog said you didn't account for the sun as they were building the arena. <laughs> it's complicated. Yeah. Uh, the interesting thing, they also don't have cup holders in the upper bowl because they, they built it very steeply, which right. means that you know you get the fans on top of the action, which is kind of cool. On the downside, the rows are very skinny to walk past, yeah. and so you don't have room for, for uh, cup the holders. The old Ar Arco Arena slash Sleep Train Center slash you know, Power Balance Pavilion and all the horrible names that yeah. they've had out after Arco uh, also very steep in the upper bowl. But had cup holders. Did have cup holders. <laughs> so, and very uncomfortable seats. <laughs> so 
This more comfortable seats, fewer cup holders is right. what you can expect from Golden One Arena. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually kind of excited. I, I do want to go see it at some point just because I... It's supposed to be spectacular. Yeah. I, I, I'm very excited to go see it at some point. Uh, meanwhile, the Pistons, a uh, local Detroit County executive believes that the Pistons are in the final stages of negotiation to move into an arena downtown yeah. uh, in, in Detroit rather than in Auburn, Auburn Hills, Hills right. which is like an hour away from Detroit, if I understand yeah. their geography I've only correctly. been to the airport in Detroit, so I, c- okay. I have zero knowledge of this situation. From what I hear, it's a long bus ride and it's yeah. kind of a pain to get out to Auburn Hills, although it's a decent facility once you get out there. Sure. Um, Once had a riot. Malice <laughs> at the palace. That's what I know about it. So you know, that's that's is that a good thing? I don't know. I, mean, I don't know place... if that's. A, I I don't think you need to bring a riot into the next arena if they build one downtown. Probably a bad idea. No. Weird promotional night. <laughs> I mean, a, a, a NBA history happens there, which is right. good. It's kind of like the Vivint Arena Instagram account tweeting out a picture of the the Michael Jordan shot. That didn't go over well, did it? You gotta that's... know your audience. <laughs> You gotta know your audience. Uh, yeah, that person was was reprimanded yeah. for their their mistake, yeah. which has been relatively clear on their Instagram <laughs> account ever since. Uh, a bunch of cuts, obviously, last weekend for yeah. the start of the regular season, and some interesting players being released. Um, Archie Goodwin out in Phoenix uh, broke my heart. R.J. Hunter out for the the Celtics, former first yeah. round pick. Did not break my heart. Uh, Jordan Adams cut from Memphis. I thought he was going to be good. I thought he was going to be better be... than Rodney Hood going out of that draft, and I am wrong. I mean, it yeah, sucks I don't agree. He's I didn't, injured. Yeah, I didn't. I was really high on Rodney Hood, but um, but yeah, I thought Jordan Adams was going to be fantastic. Like I, I really thought he'd be a solid, solid role player. And heck, he still may be. He just has to recover from these injuries, and there's yeah. no timeline for return. They've missed on two guards in the in the first round, right? Yeah. Like uh, Jamal Franklin at San Diego State, and then Jordan Adams. Like he can't just keep missing on these first. I mean, it's, I guess that's why their bench is supposedly so bad. Yeah, and and remember, Dave Yeager wanted Rodney Hood, where it sounds like the rest yeah. of that organization wanted uh yeah. jordan adams right and uh, you know again as someone who would have agreed with the organization <laughs> at the time i don't blame them but that just hasn't gone well and apparently was a a, a big crack in that relationship yeah. between coach and front office that'll happen uh and then former jazz man and former dunk contest champion jeremy evans yeah cut in indiana uh world-renowned painter yeah, he's he's the best, really. Jeremy <laughs> Evans is the nicest human being and is fun to watch. He is the perfect like end of your bench guy because yeah. like he doesn't kill you. He's athletic and fun, so you're gonna get some fun dunks. And for the Jazz, he was best friends with the best player on the team, which is exactly what you yeah. want. Yeah, I'm checking who they kept. Um, uh, I don't know. George Nying, however you say that guy's name from Iowa State, is he actually better? Is it just that they need a big man? I I don't know. What's what's it? He's six eight. Oh, is he? I, Jeremy Evans is what six seven? Just I think six eight. Yeah. Okay. So, Rocking Christmas not any good. Yeah. I, he went to Syracuse. They don't produce good basketball players outside of Mello. I mean, I get you know at this point, Evans is no longer a prospect. Uh, no, but I mean but, he does the same thing Rocking Christmas does. But yeah. But, but it's also, more fun. But also paints. But also paints. <laughs> right. He will paint you a picture if you sign him. Executives, yeah. get out there and do it. Good artwork. Anybody else who should be on this list that was cut that you think you know teams should take flyer? The on? Miami Heat did something shady with Bano Udrick, right? Like they he yeah. agreed to to a buyout last year to get them under the 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 luxury tax or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so that way, yeah, they could and then they could sign Joe Johnson, right? Uh, and 
Yeah, and then suddenly he got five million dollars this year, or right. was it five? I mean, he got some yeah, large some, amount of money, and yeah. then it was cut in preseason, right. and no one is surprised by this. That like, it, it definitely seem was a deal. Legal. No, and I would hope that the NBA investigates. Quite frankly, yeah, a lot of a lot of really smart cat people were saying, "Hey, this has got to be looked into." <laughs> right. I, I mean, I think someone from the Miami Herald reported that it was a deal. So yeah, that's that's not a good sign. Yeah, I mean, that costs essentially something. Not similar, but a a bad deal like that cost the Timberwolves four out of five draft picks. Right. I I think one would yeah. be reasonable. It's and not they like used, Pat Riley wanted to use them anyway. They used the other one on Nduby Ebi, so <laughs> it really cost them five draft picks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I I think that. Oh, and the other weird cut was Ronnie Price. Um, from oh the yeah. Uh, uh, Samaj Kristen, who the Thunder are obviously very high on. Um, has played well. Price got them. five million dollars from from the Thunder. Guaranteed. Though, yeah. And then. <laughs> Just didn't make just the gets team to keep it. Yeah, so that's that's good, good for, for him, Ronnie Price. That's who, the dream, right? Get paid to do nothing. And you know, honestly, he has found a spot at so many times throughout yeah. his career that I gotta think he's going to. I again. think he's solid, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, some injury woes from the first week. Iman Shumpert going through concussion protocol after he ran into Porzingis. Um, in his first game, his head kind of hit. hit Porzingis's hip as yeah. he was driving. It was a really awkward play, but uh, he's going through c- concussion protocol. Not clear if he plays tomorrow. Right. Um, Chandler Parsons still isn't cleared to play for the Grizzlies after all of his knee worries. And That's they missed uh, Tony Allen the first game as well. Yeah. He sat out the first game. Uh, they still won, but they, I mean, it's two starters. Still bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, new. Uh, Jared Solinger, new Toronto Raptors big man, will miss extended time with a foot injury. Yeah. So that's not great. Here's, what, I, here's what I'm excited about, though. Uh, about Solinger? Uh, about the injury. I'm not a, I'm not happy that he's injured, but I think this means more minutes for Pascal Siakam. Okay. That guy's fun. More Pascal Siakam, more Jakob Pertl for the local interest? Don't care about Jakob Pertl. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Utes fans, but uh, I, am a, I am a Pascal pal. I would say. Is that I don't think that's a thing. I just made that up, but I, start, and I don't think it should be a thing. No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it was that good. If you were to start a fan, I mean, what, what fan club? Obviously, there's the Carl Anthony Towns fan club. Yeah. You are, I mean, kind of starting. I don't know if that's... Sure. I mean, I would start a Joel Embiid fan club. Okay. Um, my What's the Wall- worst player that you would start a fan club for? Ooh. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, I guess, Pascal. Okay. That, yeah. I mean, that's Pascal's pretty good Pascal's pals? Yeah. Pascal's pals. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, New Orleans Noel, speaking of big men, will miss three to five me- weeks after a quote-unquote minor, minor surgical procedure, which sure. was not elucidated on. But right. th- that just frightens me a little bit when it's just an unnamed surgical procedure. Yeah, and it was elective or something? So that, a, that means he decided he wanted to get, like... He did it at the start of the regular season. Right. Yeah. I don't know. But maybe more time for Embiid? I guess so. I mean, also, like things don't sound that good between the Sixers organization no. and Noel. And yeah. Uh, last week, the Sparks won uh, an awesome game five against the Minnesota Lynx to win the WNBA title. Protest. I protest this result. Yes, because there was a, a sketchy refereeing decision. Very sketchy. 90 seconds left. I don't know that it cost the, t- the, the Timberwolves. I don't know that it cost the Lynx. The championship, but it certainly contributed to the Sparks championship. Basket should have been waved off. They didn't review it in time, and then they weren't allowed to review it. Why and weren't they allowed to review it? That they're that supposed to in the to last two minutes. They're supposed because so much time had gone on. So last two minutes, this happens. At, I think at like one forty or one thirty right. on the clock. Um, you weren't supposed to stop it at that su- point. Supposed to stop play, go review it. They actually did that in the Grizzlies Timberwolves game last night. Is there was a, a questionable three pointer. 
that uh, they stopped play immediately in the last two minutes and and reviewed it. So the refs messed up there. Didn't extra go two back. points for the Sparks. They win by one. Protest. Sketchy. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I feel bad for the Knicks fans, but good for the Sparks and Ombu. What's their best player's name? Ombu DK or Ombu DK? Oh, I don't know. I thought it was Candace Parker. So well, I, I, know, Candace no, Parker I number two, apparently don't know Parker's anything. The, their, the MVP this year was Ombu DK. Oh, and, sure. Um, so is oh, I think she had the game-winning shot. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, and Elton Brand announced his retirement. Great career. Yes. Really enjoyed it. From Elton Brand. All also right, in the movie Just Right. <laughs> recruits Queen Latifah tries to recruit Queen Latifah to the Sixers oh little little Does it work? I, for I, 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 I'm spoiler gonna alert watch, yeah I'm gonna watch a trailer for this movie <laughs> right? we gotta take a break <laughs> I'm gonna watch a trailer and I'll report back what I think next on Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700 you listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk ESPN 700 uh you know who it is Jazz Nation stand up let me hear you scream it's your boy, Z Dog. I got a little rap for you, and it goes like this. John, I, I, up, Jazz. So mad. It's your boy, Eric. This, you know, so, John drill. posted this on We're my Facebook page, I don't know, a couple season. days ago. Sure. And uh, it's just this gonna be terrible white kid who's rapping uh, about the Utah Jazz. We're going to make it through the playoffs this year. What makes this. Well, never mind. Yeah, that's a, that's a question you just answered right away. <laughs> As you were saying, what, what makes it different for Gordon Hayward's rap but a few things? Namely, he's not Gordon Hayward. Mainly one being in time with the beat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That, that's one struggle for him. I had to do it at least once. <laughs> I, I, did, I didn't even save this one. Don't worry. <laughs> he, he's more just talking. Yeah. <laughs> he's just talking in, while a beat plays. He got the year right. Whoa! Hot takes! Home crying to their mommies. Yeah. Golden State is trash. So are the Lakers. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, th- I actually think this is how the Tupac Biggie beef started. Was was a song similar to this? So yeah, I, I think it's very likely. Yeah. Um. Also, so I, I remember just right was the Queen Latifah Common movie where yeah. Common is on the Nets, and so I actually have like yeah. heard of that. That wasn't that shouldn't have been such a surprise to me. Didn't realize Bobby Simmons was an All Star. Bobby Simmons though. is an Eastern Conference All Star in that <laughs> in that movie. Uh, Richard Lewis is an All Star point guard because he runs the point at some point in the in the All Star game. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, really good movie. Interesting coaching decisions. <laughs> by... <laughs> Sorry, the Eastern Conference <laughs> coaching staff. Right. Um, another interesting thing on SLC Dunk, which is technically our hard, you know, our most deepest rival. Speaking of beef, uh, yeah, SB Nation Utah Jazz blog, but they've got a kind of cool post on uh, with this Sports Illustrated for Kids article about the worst day professional athletes have ever had. One of them is Carl Malone. Ooh. So Carl Malone's worst day ever was when he got to college and had a 1.99 GPA, okay. therefore was not eligible to play his, his first year at Louisiana Tech. So then he had to go to his mom and tell her that her grade, his grades wasn't good enough, and then his mom had to give him some inspirational advice um, about how to 
get better at smart things. But there's a, there's it's actually a comic in there as well. And there's a comic frame where Carl Malone just sits there and says, "No one is going to like me if I'm not a basketball star." <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's some that's some Sad. real self esteem issues there, Carl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but luckily his mom steps in and then Carl discovered that people liked him for just being himself. I kind of feel like it's the basketball. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> you think initial Carl was right? Yeah. Like I, I guess that like, I don't know, a six, eight monster just walking around, not being a professional basketball player. I'm sure people could like him. He seems like a nice enough guy. I feel like it's the basketball though that really endears people. I don't know. This comic frame has two friends standing next to him of of multiple different races. Okay. Uh, saying Carl, there's a group, but the, and and they're inviting him to a party. Yeah. Uh, and then they're saying, yeah, and there's sure plenty of stuff to eat at this place. So like they're inviting wow. him to a, a party with a lot of free food. Healthy food. And the, and the comic ends. Uh, it's not made clear. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm wondering, are they trying to get him out of shape? It's it's possible. But regardless, by Some the time subterfuge. Carl <laughs> maybe <laughs> by the time Carl was a senior at Louisiana Tech, his averages, grade point, as well as scoring and rebounding, were among the best on the team. Among the best on the team, <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> best on the team. That's not a high bar. Yeah, it's Louisiana no. Tech. Well, I mean, <laughs> you, in order to get drafted, you have to do something. I guess so. Yeah, you have to be one of the best players yeah, I, I on guess. Louisiana Tech. Dion Waiters was a six man on Syracuse, right? I mean, he got drafted fourth. I guess maybe it's not that important. That's true. Marvin Williams. <laughs> Marvin Williams. Yeah. Also. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm. I'm with you. Uh, this. It's. It's. It's a story for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how accurate that story is. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm not all that. I'm not all that convinced. Uh. Last two minute report for Tuesday night's game came out because within five minutes with two points left. Yeah. Uh, one call went against the Portland Trailblazers. I I guess it was a incorrect non call against Utah Jazz. Rudy Gobert should have been called for a moving screen and wasn't. So the Jazz are now plus one in calls Ooh. towards them. Um, there are some other calls on there like quote unquote observable and enhanced video. So you need to like zoom in like yeah. this is CI CSI to notice it yeah. apparently, but. Um, regardless, here's what I don't get by, by them not judging those enhanced oh, yeah, view calls. Judged. Right, they're not judged, so they don't count. Like, oh, you missed a call or, or you made or made the right call or whatever. Um, I, so I'm I'm guessing you need like a very close view of what happened, right? But the referees are on the court, view, right? right? Like, so that should be. I feel like that those should count. Yeah, like this observable and enhanced video. Davis is in the paint without actively guarding an opponent for longer than three seconds. Yeah, that seems like something you should be able to figure out right. if you're on the court. That's just and counting. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's all that is, right? Uh, uh, although, honestly, I don't want refs to start calling three seconds no. in the last minute. The of Jazz games. certainly do not want that to happen. <laughs> no. It was actually interesting, like going through that media training camp yeah. and having Mike Wells just be like, "Yeah, we're gonna be in the paint a lot, yeah. and they're gonna call it once a game, and yeah. we're completely fine with that." By the way, you know who the best clutch scorer in the NBA is? Who's that? Joe Johnson. Through one game. Through one game, it's tied for the most makes. And he's a 91.7% effective field goal percentage Ooh. in the clutch. Hey, it's pretty good. Yeah. Keep him on the court. Keep him on the court always. I, I like it. Uh, what's his, is it like Cowboy Joe or one of his, his basketball reference nicknames? I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Iron Cowboy, <laughs> something like that. Armadillo right. Cowboy. That's our show. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, that's our show today. Thanks, you guys, for so much for listening. Check us out on SaltCityHoops.com, the ESPN True Affiliate for the Jazz. Andy Larson, Zach Harper signing out.